0: Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 223, How Life Pulls You Through with Rob Cook.
1: You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
0: Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. My guest on today's episode is Rob Cook. Rob is a coach. He's a podcaster. He is a guy who has um, a really interesting history and and who's experienced a lot of change in his life. And I really love, there's so many gems in this conversation. So I really went into this conversation with Rob, not knowing what we were going to talk about. I knew um, a little bit about him about his background and I met him before. So I knew a little about him. Um, I actually had a conversation with him a couple of weeks before we recorded this. That was just a casual conversation. And in that conversation, there's like five or six things that were like, wow, that would be awesome to talk about. Like just different things than what tends to come up when you talk with someone. So um, so I was excited and I also just really unprepared and just happy to kind of let let things unfold the way they did. And some of what we talked about was, um, and this is what struck me from my previous conversation with him, he grew up in an inner city environment with violence and crime and fam- family and friends, you know, frequently not making it past, I don't know, 20, 30. Um, and he isn't there now. And I was just really curious how. And we talked about this a little bit. And and he said he had a friend and and he describes this in this episode who asked him if he ever felt guilty and you know, for leaving all that behind and for having such a different life now. And he said, No, I don't feel guilty because all I ever did was say yes. And so that to me is sort of like the essence of this conversation. And there's a lot more to it. And he talks about it in a in a much deeper, better way. But just something about how things show up for us and when we say yes to them. And it's almost like we don't even say yes, you know? It's like life is just pulling us forward. And his story of of leaving, you know, his inner city background and joining the military and now becoming a coach and there's so many things that that, that he just said yes to and things went well or they didn't, but they but they move. And I think that's just how it is for all of us all the time and it's easy for us to sit in this kind of conceptualized idea of me and my life and and what's happened and how it's supposed to go and none of that has anything to do with anything like that's that's just our mind sitting around painting pictures you know what what really happens is life is just always moving and always moving us through and there's something about seeing that that just allows us to be pulled through with so much more ease and and I don't know more openness I think so Rob talks about that in terms of the impact zone, which is what he likes to talk about in terms of how he works with people. Um, but we talked about so many cool things, the military and how it strips you of your personal identity and how close and immediate the connection is with other people when all of that personal stuff isn't there. Um, we talked about how he used to have a fo- such a focus on his physical life and then it turned to kind of mental and now it's even bigger and how that goes for us. Uh, we talked about how we tend to kind of naturally assume that everyone else is right, and so when people are telling us we should uh, things should be a certain way, it's just on some weird immediate level we believe that, and then we feel bad. And how it's getting that right, like seeing, oh no, wait a minute, I know, <laughs> I know my life. Ah, oh, just the weight that can lift, and just how that turns so many things around. So. These are just a few things, but it's an amazing conversation. So uh, check out Rob. I'll put his uh, website here in the show notes and enjoy this conversation with Rob Cook. Hey, Rob. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable.
1: Oh, thank you for having
0: me. Yeah, I'm excited. I was telling someone, um, I was just on your podcast, just from the time we're recording this anyway, um, and someone in my community was like, oh, I heard you on Rob Cook's podcast. And I was like... Yeah, it's a, it was a great conversation, and I said, "In a maybe even better conversation was what happened after we stopped recording." <laughs> so now he's coming on changeable, so we can talk about some of that stuff. Uh,
1: yeah, that's usually how it happens. It's so funny, like the before and the afters. Yeah, you know how how beautiful those conversations are. So uh, yeah, I, I did. I did really love that conversation. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it was cool. So, um, yeah, so maybe just for people here who aren't as familiar with you, maybe just say a little bit about who you are, like how you got here, however you want to tell that little story.
1: Yeah, oh, wow. Um, we'll, stay, we'll stay relevant as in um, if I were to be described or if anybody were to describe me. I just want to be known as the guy who really loves living life like I don't get them all right um I've I've made several mistakes I don't know if I call them mistakes anymore but I'm just someone man who really enjoys getting to know other people uh I've been told I never met a stranger yeah. um I, I love connecting people I love um you know helping serving uh some, somewhat you know I could could even call it an addictive doership type thing of of helping or service but that's pretty much um, me. I, I have a passion for music. I, I have three rescue puppies. Uh, I don't even, yeah, three rescue puppies, two English Bulldogs, one American Stafford. Uh, but I show up normally during my day as a coach, as a speaker, uh, talking about this ideal balance between mental and physical health. Um, so that started from time in Uncle Sam. Uh, actually, it started before that with me growing up as an inner city kid. Uh, surrounded by gangs, surrounded by violence, uh, having to make different choices for life, um, and then jumping into the military and talk about a whirlwind. Um, but spent 21 years there serving the country, traveling the world, learning. And then when that was over, I guess it was time to kind of grow up because uh, I was confused. I had no identity. I I'd spent 21 years in the military, then 19 as a kid. It was like, well, between the two, who am I? Yeah, and uh, that that kind of led me to now uh, having that conversation with Michael Neal, and and sparked the journey of me learning who I am, so to speak. So yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. So, so there's something in there I'm just personally kind of curious about. How how was it to go from like how'd you go from an inner city kid just growing up, however you did, even to being. Going into the military when there's so many choices you could have made. Now, here's why I'm personally interested. My husband um, was a painfully, painfully shy farm kid who grew up in northern Wisconsin. I mean, but just just shy as all get out, never talked to anyone his whole life, grew up in this tiny little farm, you know, in the middle of nowhere. And he also joined the military. And he tells the story of. You know, them coming to pick him up to take him to basic training. And he had never, like, no cars even came down his street. <laughs> just how terrifying and uh, new and different. But he's like, something in me, he's like, it was the hardest thing ever. But I just, I just knew that there was a different way there. Yeah. <laughs> like, something just pointed me there. So I'm curious, like, how that was for you.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was hard um, because. For my family and for my neighborhood in the area I was from, the military wasn't looked at as, a, um, as honorable type. It was more so working with the government. How, how would you choose that side type thing? And there were some other family issues that had happened with other previous members in the military. So it's kind of like a bad taste there. Right. Um, but I think honestly what drove me was uh, the death of a very close friend and my mom just pleading with me to get away. Mm-hmm. um at that point I was a high school athlete but I really wasn't going to class much so that that doesn't transcend into college you know uh, but and so I didn't get the scholarship offers I thought I would get that would honestly get me out um and so I spent the year after high school just again trouble hitting the streets losing friends and my mom just screaming at me one night like you gotta get the hell out of here you got to like please and um and what was weird about it is it seemed like everybody else knew that except me that I had to get out. Like I, I thought I just, you know, this is what it is, but it seemed like everybody else looking back now had that too. And so, um, recruiters came to our high school and uh, I wanted out of class. So I went to talk to them, you know, <laughs> and I initially was signed up for the Marines. And what happened was the, the recruiter comes into, we had won our um, high school homecoming game. And again, I was a high school quarterback. So that's like, that's my Super Bowl, you know, to win homecoming and, you know. Um, and he comes into the locker room of the high school after we're winning and cheering, telling everybody to be safe because don't get Rob Cook in trouble because he's going to be a Marine and he isn't, you guys don't do. And I was like, whoa, whoa. It was so aggressive. Like, I was, this is crazy. But anyway, I go to tell the Marine, I'm not coming in the military. Like, I, I can't do that. You were too much. I'm done. And walking out of there, the Air Force guy stopped me and he had this beret on. It's like a cop beret. Well, what, what I find out, security forces beret. And he said, You want to go get something to eat? I'm a kid. Like, yeah, hey, whatever, you know. Yeah. And we just had the best conversation ever. When he was just talking about, it. he's like, oh, you love ball. Y'all yeah, have seen a few this and that. He's like, you can play ball in the Air Force. I was like, for real? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, you could do this in the Air Force. I was like, what, for real? And then I did it. And um, similar to what, what your husband was saying, the most beautiful thing was that your husband would come in. I would come in from my background. Someone else would come in from a totally background. But once basic is over, that's my brother. Yeah that's my brother we don't care at that point where we came from that's my brother and I trust him like I trust anybody else I think that was the beautiful part of it like yeah you're sorry it was hard as shit to get Mm -hmm. through that part but what you got when you graduated what you got to look around next to you and have in your corner for me for 21 years oh man I would I go back and do that 10 times over again
0: that's awesome and and it's like that connection, that no, you're my brother. I know you. I get I know, you, we're yeah. in this together. Yeah. Like that speaks so much. That that can happen after you know a few weeks, few months, or whatever basic training is. Like speaks so much to our nature yeah. and yeah, how yeah. they can just break through all that personal thinking crap, and then you just get right to the essence.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's actually it's actually similar to our work in a sense. They really show us. They strip your identities. Yeah, that's that's what they do. They stripped whatever you came in with. And at that point, there are nights where you just hear sniffling. Sniffling, just just grown men in here, just crying themselves to sleep, because at this point they've stripped us bare. Mm. And it's almost like they know it because that next morning when they come back in, they're making you aware of what's alike about each and every one of you. That's when you get the same uniform Mm. again. And you start looking around in the buildup and the guy across from you looks like you. He's talking like you, he's moving like you. And it's almost like you're becoming this organism that moves as one. It's, it's so baffling because it's like, wait, all they did was got us out of thinking who we were and showed us we were the same. And then we like, and yeah. we fell in love with each other. And now we went out and willing to do whatever. But it's, I, I don't know, it was just, it was kind of helpful though to, to see that. To know that change can happen because I never thought I would have some of the feelings for people that I had coming from where I come from, even as a military policeman in the military, it's like what I'm the police now. I'm a federal law enforcement agent. Yeah. I'm like what? You know, you like I got cousins still moving stuff. Like what? You know. So yeah,
0: <laughs> it is so much. I love that you drew that connection. I mean, it is. It's exactly, in a sense, what we do, and it's what people go through personally even as we're waking up to like all of these beliefs and identities yeah. and all this stuff we thought was so true it's like to have you know, change is so simple mm-hmm. all we have to do is be willing to see that all that crap was made up and we cry <laughs> yeah. ourselves asleep through the process sometimes <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah. it's not always easy but it is very simple and it's yeah. yeah it's really cool so when we were talking after our last talk um we, I don't know how we got on this topic, but we were talking a little bit about, maybe it was guilt, maybe I'm making that up, but about kind of how you have a different life than, than a lot of the people you grew up with. Yeah, yeah. And you said something that really stuck with me about like you were willing to say yes to things. Yeah, so yeah. Can, yeah, can you say a little bit about that and how like just people listening can kind of take that and how they can see that in their life?
1: Yeah, we were, um, the, the conversation started with me and one of my closest friends and um, we were sitting in his home and he had just bought his home. And again, the places we come from, friends don't make you to their 40s, 50s, let alone start buying property and, and returning assets to their children and things like that. And so he, we were sitting in his home and we were just sitting there like, wow, you know, looking at where we come from because he was in the military with me for a while and things like that. And he, he looks over, he says, bro, he said, you ever feel guilty about this? And it kind of hit me like, Whoa you know, what do you mean? He's like, like how you move, what you could do now, the resources you have, you know, all of that. And, and I never thought I should feel guilty, honestly, first, but it, it did stop us for a conversation. And it hit me during the course of the whole conversation. I'll save you that part. But what I got was that I don't have to feel guilty about anything I have, because the only difference in between me and those who didn't have was I said yes to some things they said no to. And I was willing to, like your husband, get over that hump or whatever I thought about the government, my friends and my family thought about the government, to at least get in and see what I could get myself from. Like, that's that was what I got was like if I don't know what anybody else could have got. But if they would have said, yes, they would have got differently than what they have. Yeah. Even the people who come in for six weeks, don't make it and go back, go back with something that would have sparked or changed the trajectory of how their life went just because it was been a totally different experience. Um, there were some experiences. Um, I said yes to, um, as they say, without my knowledge <laughs> That <laughs> taught me quite a bit when I fell on my damn face, you know, but, but again, I still said yes to the healing. I think that was the big part saying yes to healing my heart, healing my mind, um, knowing that there was more to life than the way I was living. It was was just some I said yes to. You know, I choose now to believe this is a world that love can be expressed. I, I choose to. I didn't before, you know. Um, and so, yeah, th- that was the biggest thing for me was, no, I, I don't have to feel guilty because I just say yes. Th- that's all. I just say yes. So,
0: for me, that's and, my ride. Yeah, and you didn't say yes knowing the outcome, no. obviously. <laughs> you didn't say <laughs> yes. Obviously, to- <laughs> right? You didn't even <laughs> say yes, like, necessarily. Hopeful that it was going to get you, you know. It's like sometimes we're so complete. That's what I love about that story about the car just picks you up and takes you off to basic training. Like you're terrified, and yet something in you is saying yes. So, so like you said, sometimes it's even against our own will, but it's like okay, apparently this is a yes. And and I love how you said that. Like there's so much in just. Engaging in life and doing stuff, and even especially when it doesn't go the way we wanted it to go, but that yes is like what just keeps moving us.
1: Oh yeah, that's the that's everything, and and it's so it's so subtle that you don't even know how many times you do it or don't do it, and that you know it's that subtle because even when you're saying that, I was thinking about my pickup ride. And as we were driving from the airport into it, they made us put our heads in our laps and put our hands over our heads. Mm. You could not see any of the ride. Wow. And so, and they would tell you, better not fall asleep though. And so they would walk up and down the bus as we we're driving in. And you kind of tell we must be getting on base because somebody comes in and check, you know, they're making your, it's a mind play, you know. Yeah. But you have to make a decision to get up and get off that bus too. Because when you lift your head up, all you see is a spotlighted pad with a bunch of guys dressed to the T with these round hats on, looking like they're ready to eat. You know, like you got to make the decision to get off the bus, too. Yeah. Because you could stay there. And, and that would be your experience. And they can't force, they can't make, like, so they would get on and try. But you can stop there if you want to. Like, hearing you said it was like, no, oh, wow, even saying yes there to get off the bus. Knowing they' about to get me, each day waking up doing it, saying yes, starting to become good at it. Now it ain't even a question of yes or no. I'm in it now. Like I'm moving, you know, I'm grooving. So yeah, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. At least for now, at least.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love that, and it really just as you're saying that, I'm just thinking about people who are just getting into this conversation because there's something that's been painting them so much, anxiety or a habit or addiction or something. You know, and it's like, it's scary and we don't know. and, and, And our mind is full of all the I don't think I can and I've already tried everything and All of that kind of talk, you know, and it's like, you're right. We don't know anything, but there's something in you that just says yes and opens that door just like for you and that conversation with Michael. It's like, who knows? But a door is open and then life meets us and keeps unraveling it. And I'm thinking also about coaches. I work with a lot of coaches and and I know you do too, who are wanting to build a business at this. And it's like, no one gives you a manual. You can get all the business coaching you want, but it's (laughs) up to you. (laughs) Ultimately, it's up to you to just say yes and try stuff. That's it. You know, and people think there's something more to it. No, there really is nothing more to it. You just say yes, and you try stuff, and you fail a lot, but you keep saying yes.
1: Yeah, that is that is everything. Yeah, I the first thing I put on, zero people showed up. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, it should have been an indication when I had zero signups the night before I went to sleep, but for <laughs> some reason, but you had I thought, <laughs> you know, I thought when I woke up, seventy-five people jumping on my first ever Zoom, and boom, we going for it. And I remember sitting back here, and I was sad for like five whole minutes of just woo-hoo poor me, nobody loves me type thing, and I bust out laughing. Because I could hear Michael's voice saying, well, I guess that means you don't know shit about marketing. Like, it was just <laughs> like, it wasn't a I'm not the person type right. thing. It was, oh, I probably didn't market this, right? I went in contact with somebody about marketing. It was like, oh, my God. It's like eight steps to come to your free webinar. No, of course nobody <laughs> did. It was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm supposed to make it easy. Got it. Thank you. So, yeah, it's it's all about try shit, fall on your face, and then get back up, keep going.
0: yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so on that, so you're doing that now. So yeah, say a little bit about this balance between physical and mental and like the impact zone. What is that?
1: Yeah, the impact zone, that's that space within um, each person. And I love saying it that way, because I really want everybody to know it's within each person that that space where you can go that kind of minimizes your fears, reduces anxiety and kind of gives you some clarity may not gives you the perfect solving, you know, answer right then, but it does, does make it a different way of having the experience. Um, and, and when we know that's possible for us, you know, things in the decision-making process get easy. You know, I don't like making decisions, tense, anger, fear, because I typically don't fare out well for me. (laughs) Uh, but, but that's the impact zone. And, and the, the biggest piece about it is just, again, waking people up to know they're not broken. Like, for me, that's been the biggest thing about all of this. The moment I got so excited about life when that insight came that I wasn't broken that I could have rolled that one. I mean, I've had trillions of them since, in a sense, to me, but I could have rolled that one for the rest of my life and been well, you know. Um, And that ideal balance started within the military, obviously, and physical fitness being a very strong component of it, so much so that I thought it was all about physical health. Um, to a point that I remember now being my best physically fit, being most muscle content, least amount of body fat. I was asking about shit crazy. So mentally, I was all screwed. So looked well, but, but in my mind, was, but I also remember how many people used to give me credit for being healthy. And then I, I pounded my chest on it. That made me feel good. But now it looks back, it's like, oh, we got this thing all wrong. Like we think body image equals health. That's not health. No, that that may be an indicator that you do something physically to take care of your health, but it is in no way health. Um, and then I started teaching kind of body significance. Don't worry about your body image. Just know why your body is significant to have. When you do that, you take care of it better. That then evolved into obviously me hearing this understanding and knowing about the impact zone, the space within. And it just kind of merged together. Like, yeah, we come from a formless space. We operate in form, no, so Let's at least take care of that as best we can, you know, walk, drink water, you know, or don't. That's the that's cool part, you know, but I'm saying for those who want to experience a, a easier, you know, more successful, impactful life, then these things aid in that. Yeah,
0: It's kind of cool, though, even how in that and I think you're probably not alone in that. It's like we just there's something in you wanting to better optimize like what you knew you knew physical you knew sports you you know like and so like that was that energy of life saying hey let's make this the best it can be that's awesome and then you hit a ceiling and I think that's so cool for us to see I think we all do that in our own way right we get really good at wherever we think it matters or something. And then yeah. we hit a ceiling and then we get to see, oh no, there's actually That's more. That, yeah. <laughs> there's another <laughs> level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like, what other levels, so, you know? So now like we have all kinds of new levels opened up through this uh-huh. conversation. And I'm sure there's so many more that we haven't even, well, ha- we keep hitting ceilings, which is amazing.
1: Oh yeah. I love it. Every day's a learning curve. Yeah. I'm on the ride. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so this, I'm not broken insight was like your big first huge insight. Um, Why did you think you were broken?
1: Because of the optics or the way I saw what was in front of me. Um, I thought I was broken because I didn't internally have the response that everybody expected me to have. And so I thought, God, I, it's got to be me because everybody's saying I'm supposed to be this way. Everybody's saying I'm supposed to be doing this. Everybody keeps telling me I got to do this. And none of that felt right for me. So with so many people telling me, some to be very close loved ones, I picked up this thing like, fuck, I, I mean, I better, oh, I'm sorry, I, that was a big one, but, okay. I, I picked up this thing of like, I, I guess I better follow them then. And by virtue of wanting to follow everybody else's word, Along the way, I figured I must be broken, not re- because they know me so well that like it's something about how they know my life so well I'm not getting so like, I must be off, mm-hmm. and I must be off and and that created um a doppelganger for a bunch of years yeah. that 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 could could morph could could do whatever like it, it was it was almost like spending years watching someone play you in your life hmm you know, um, and trying to keep that distance of the person, even they're interacting with. And then your true stuff, you just still trying to keep that difference. Like, please don't let them get past this, this image. Cause if they do, I'm going to fall apart.
0: Yeah. Like uh,
1: I'm going to fall apart, you know? And, um, so that's why it was so, so powerful because it kind of like, at that point it was like, Who? there was no gap. Like it was like, no, this is me. Like, I am this way. I don't think like that. I don't move like this. I, I love everybody. You know, it was just like, why Why would I do that?
0: Yeah. So It's so interesting how natural in and in a weird way, it's not natural, but how easy and sort of natural it is to do what you're saying, to like, just assume, how our mind assumes that like, they all know better than we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, yeah, and yeah. even when it takes, because I yeah. think everybody's been there with so many things like, Oh, no, I was supposed to have, I was supposed to be this weight, or I was supposed to have that career, or my kids are supposed to act this way or something. And that whole supposed to is somebody else's thing, but we give that all the credit and instantly it comes back on us. So I'm wrong, therefore I'm broken. And just, oh my gosh, I mean, it's just such a universal human mind thing. And it takes so much energy. I love, love, yeah. how you describe oh, yeah. that of like just like <laughs> holding everything at bay. Like we're all, all holding right. it up, and then the feeling of relief when finally we see. Oh my God! I, I don't. I can just trust this. I don't need yeah. to hold anything up.
1: Yeah, I um, I really, really was like just drained. Yeah, like just drained. It's constantly trying to remember all the rules. Constantly trying this. I mean, again, the the military made it easy for me because they had all their rules laid out. So it was like I had to excel there because I could follow rules. You know, I could follow someone else's voice. That was easy. Yeah. You know, following my own, though, it was the biggest, wait, what? And I never noticed how much I followed my voice, though, through the years. I just could never see the pockets of them. I could never see the pockets of them. So,
0: yeah. So how how did things start to change when you kind of saw wow I can just be me <laughs> without?
1: Oh man, that all was a fight. This. That was yeah. a it was a heavyweight fight. Like think of a Muhammad Ali type <laughs> against the next best. Like I fought myself for a, probably about a year and a half, like just back and forth, and um, that's what I personally there's this um um you know, when people talk about, um, the term mixing things, right. Mm -hmm. That's what I personally believe mixing is an outside in and an inside out way of life Because I was going crazy with one day the world is happening to me, but then one day I'm creating my world. Like, Mm -hmm. it was just like, I I, I was shortchanging myself, you know, it's almost like about brain dead. Um, but it was so scary to trust this inside out and to accept and what I thought that would mean accepting it. Yes. that I wouldn't know who I am and I got to drop all this stuff. And uh, the analogy that kind of comes to mind is a rucksack, a military rucksack, a military rucksack has everything you need in it to survive. Right. But it also has a quick release strap. Because there are times that even when you have everything you need to survive, it's weighing you down. Because you can't run with a rucksack on and people are shooting at you. Yeah. Right? So you got a quick release. Even though I need this stuff to live, at this moment in my life, it's not a need. I need to be able to get it. And so I'd never thought about that with life. That I needed to drop it all and kind of like just get to running. Just get to running. Once I get to safety, cool, we'll figure out how all that goes. And that was the run. So I, I just buckled down and trusted it every day. Fight my thoughts. If I thought, you know, if I played, try to control thought game for a minute too, you know. Um, but it was like, no, if this is real. I was going into grocery stores, just talking to people. If this is real, then I can have a conversation with anybody. And I would look for people I normally would not say anything to. Like you know, it was almost like that. The judgment comes up. Oh, you would never talk to them. Yeah, I know why. Boom, here we go. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. And having conversation at the produce, like the bank, the gas station, asking people, high fiving folks, just walking on the street, like just high fiving, and it started spinning, Amy. Like this, it just started. Like, like, oh, this, this, okay, this <laughs> might be real tight. And I think it really popped for me when I started being able to see others suffer even though their actions were negative toward me. When that happened, it was like a whole different world. Like, oh, you don't, wow, this really works inside out. Like, you don't, you don't hate me. Like, you. Right. oh shit, wow, like, <laughs> oh man, you're just, oh, you're just, oh you're, to, oh, you're suffering. Yeah. And then I remember what suffering feels like. And then there comes the compassion. There comes the love. There comes that clarity in the impact zone where now I want to help. Now I want to serve. You know, so that's that's the full circle of it for me on, on how that insight played out. But yeah, I would say about a year and a half I fought myself
0: on it. I'm yeah. so glad you shared that. I mean, I think I just think it's so helpful for people to hear because, you know, everybody hears like these stories of big insight and then everybody kind of tells their big insight, like, oh, I saw that I wasn't broken and now my life is a lot easier. (laughs) But they don't talk about that year and a half.
1: (laughs) I didn't talk about it a lot at first either, though. Truthfully, I didn't either. You know, I here recently have have started more, but again, that's me feeling more grounded and solid with, with my life as it's played out, dropping less judgment even now. Yeah, you know, like that's not like it stops. It's just I had the same thoughts that may randomly appear. Oh, you're a shitty coach. oh nobody listens to your podcast. Ah, oh. I just giggle. You know, you know yeah. some days it might get me down. Some days it don't. Like, but I ain't too worried about it no more. Like, you know.
0: Yeah, I I feel that too, and I think it just is another like level another okay we hit our ceiling on this now we Mm kind of go back and now you all that stuff comes to light like oh yeah this wasn't easy and it wasn't instant and it it, you know there's all kinds of back and forth and just for people to hear to know that that's part of it is just so huge because it's because it is I think for everyone and and we again it's kind of a testament to how we just feel our way through life in a sense saying yes not necessarily saying yes but that was still you just in that in that fight like okay i just uh, got knocked out again well let me let me come back up (laughs) (laughs) that's a
1: nice analogy though i love that yeah that that hit the ceiling is not so much yeah i like that because you at that point you're expanding yeah. No need to look back. We heard about it in the sense. It's like, oh shit, it's now time to look forward because we're about to grow. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I said, yeah, I like that a lot.
0: It, there's so grow. many things, yeah, that kind of like we settle in on those, and then yeah, we're like, oh no, that wasn't it. I just, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: and it's similar to the rucksack. Like it just that story too just makes you realize like how how much our mind just wants to hoard stuff that's going to make us safe. And then it gets heavier and heavier. And then, like you said, it has a cord for a reason. Like we yeah. don't actually need it. I mean, it's, yeah. and it's all this just feeling of more and more stuff, more and more stuff. And yeah. what's so cool about this is like, it's just sort of the opposite of more more more. Like we yeah. don't need more, we shed more. And then we have that real freedom to move.
1: And then we can't. It's, it's so, so cool because if I need, to talk about some of those times, I could reach back into the archives and bring them up. I don't have to carry them around all the time. Yeah. You know, I don't have to wear them still. Yeah. You know, that's what I like about it. I don't have to wear it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, yeah. So, in your work, like you work privately with people and you do yep. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You do Private
1: coaching, um, group coaching. Yeah. Um I, I really want to push this year for a um an impact zone summit. Um some put it out there and make myself keep working cool. on it. Yeah. Um but I I realized that I love hosting and connecting. And so I was I'd got this thing that, oh, if I put on a conference, it's got to be about me and I got to do all these talks and I got to do... And no, I was like, no, the hell I don't. Like kind of <laughs> like you said. I can... <laughs> so the summit is going to be everybody who like all if you're creating impact in the world, you on. The, I want you on a panel. I want you on summit, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll start reaching out to those. And it's going to be for people to come in here from so many different. And um, I am being particular about a few things. Uh, and that's representation of a lot of communities that you may not see at a conference. You know, but I want us talking about the impact zone in any way we're talking about men's group, color groups, you know, LGBTQIA plus groups. I don't care. You know, uh, let's get, let's like, let's get to the heart of this and, and create some impactful change. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about it. Oh, I do other programs. I want, I want, I do want to say that to the Inside Alliance, gives me an opportunity to go into the uh, correction facilities of Portland. Yeah. And help young men young incarcerated men um thank you anna hand for that because it's it's been life-changing awesome. i'm starting to talk here recently um recently more recently with Brooke and spark uh, and doing some stuff with them for fundraising now um yeah, man, and then the board for outreach um to really get this word out into the community that there's a place that you can get some help if you have anxiety you know depressive thinking and yeah, and podcasting—I'll <laughs> figure it out. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, but to me, it's the same thing, though. So, yeah, yeah.
0: How do we? How do we make this conversation more include? Like, the conversation is not in—I don't know that word—not inclusive. It's a—it's a It's, a uni- it's, universal, it's a universal. Right? Yes, yes, it's Universal, yes. but oh, yeah. just historically, there's just groups of people that just haven't had access to this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, is—is is it that simple in your view? Is like. We just go connect with human beings. We just go oh, yeah. connect with people and then it spreads.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and the more and more we as the practitioners, the coaches, stay true to how we grew, mm-hmm. then that's going to be the power for them. Like if at this point, if I was in, and I don't want to say if I potentially it would be on me if I did, but. If I were in a different arena, say corporate America, something like that, a lot of my background I would have to hide. Ah, being a gang member man that wouldn't be good for corporate elevation, right, but in all facts, it's what those makes those kids sit down and listen sometimes mm. and so if that was what it was all worth, then man, look at that yeah. it's It's like showing that you're going back to those places where we were hurt most and letting them see identify someone that's like them that dealt with that that no longer does it. Michael says this amazing quote that, it, that says, make the invisible visible will make the impossible possible. Mm-hmm. That's what identification does. Yeah. That's what a little kid seeing a Barack Obama and thinking now he can't, that's what it does. It's just, it's, it's not that it, you know, it's right or wrong, it has to be. But when that kid sees that, it's now, it's no longer invisible to him the thought if he wants to be president. He, he sees someone like him who's done it. Yeah. So now it becomes a possibility. So then he probably goes and studies and see what, you know, president Obama had to go through to get there. And he'll he'll still have his own walk, but that spark came from that. He saw it, something that was invisible, now made visible. So that's what I'm very passionate about. That that part, the I want to you to know I came to get you. Because yeah. that starts the conversation. I, I want that. you to know I didn't, I didn't sit up on my my well-being high horse and scream for you to get up here because this is such a great place up here. I know it's great up here, right? So I'm going to show you that I left this great spot. I really do love being (laughs) here to come get you because you're that important to this world. And that sparks the conversation.
0: Yes. And that's that's part of what we talked about too, about we can go into like I mean we have to go into real life with real yeah. people with their psychology we're not up here saying yeah. Oh, it's just thought don't worry your mind and no I mean yeah, yeah eventually but like you said we don't sit up there and just camp out and say oh come up where it's nice we're it down there in the oh, trenches yeah. with people saying I know how you feel even today I, I, I used to live here and now <laughs> I visit and I know exactly oh, yeah. what this is like exactly hey there's a nice <laughs> cottage up here let's yeah. go hang out oh, yeah. like it's, I just, yeah, there's so much, I think, thinking about that. Like, oh, it's, it's somehow it's not serving people to go down to where they are. And I, um, I love that we agree on that. I mean, uh, I'm
1: always trying to be where hurt people are. Yeah. If you, like, it doesn't, I used to ask that, because uh, I grew up in the church a lot, and we wouldn't get outside the church much. Yeah. We're, you know, and I was just like, but hurt people, like, hungry right there. Like, why couldn't we go out? Yeah, and so I mean, and it's funny because I don't feel like when I'm around gang members that I'm ever going to be one again. Like there is not a, thought, <laughs> there's not a thought that I'm thinking. Yeah, I missed this. I'm going back in. No, it ain't happening. You know, <laughs> there's not a thought of of being in in sober living homes and think and think I want to go back to a time in my life where I woke up to the bottle. No, no. But casually drinking with friends, I enjoy. Yeah, Waking out with a bottle in my hand, I don't.
0: Yeah. So I ain't going back to that, you know? Like, and and I love too what you're saying about how we can how we spread this is like what you're saying essentially is all is again it goes back to just being ourselves and mm-hmm. staying with what's true to us. Mm-hmm. Like like and I think for people that want to share this, like there is nothing simpler. And somehow in our mind that feels like the scariest thing sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. like you're saying, <laughs> like, Oh, I don't want to talk about that or I'm over that, like yeah, but when you're really over that and you're yeah. really free from that, you it doesn't matter, and and it's Whoa. that's where that impact is for sure. It's like I know what it's like to hide in the closet with a pint of ice cream. <laughs> I do, yeah. and I, and I'll talk about it to anyone and everyone. I don't care anymore, and I know what that's like. And that's just naturally, of course, we're gonna have the most impact when we're coming from that place.
1: Oh, yeah, which makes you know, it so I'd simple
0: because like, we know it. We lived it.
1: The way you said that. But when you said, I share that, like your passion to get that story out is equivalent to the energy when you were in the closet you had that the paint was giving you kind of like you were trying to get, it was like, you're meeting them where they are. Like they might be in the closet with the paint and, and feel like, oh, she knows this yeah, and stop and and listen. Yeah, Still can make their decision. That's, that's on everybody. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not, uh, your results are your results type thing. Right. But the stop and listen piece though. That's what I love. Yeah. When we when we be ourselves. It's 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 not that projection anymore. It's it's real authentic. It's you can you can it's tangible in a sense.
0: Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Thank you so much for this conversation, Rob. I love it.
1: Oh, no, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, this is great. I'll share information on where people can find you and hope they look into your stuff. It's just really good. I just love your story again and I love that. You're just honest about it and just just happy to share and like people are just going to resonate where they do and it's so powerful. Thank you. Thank you. On Tuesday, November 1st, I'll be hosting a webinar where you can hear all about the Change Coach training program from me and from a panel of graduates. I'll talk about the way the program works, who it's for, and what people come away with personally and professionally. And best of all, I'll be joined by some actual change coaches who can speak to their experience. You can register for the webinar at DrAmyJohnson.com slash Change Webinar 2023.